think about it. Everything is polluted. The environment, the government, the schools, you name it. We're on uh, 92 FM tonight. It feels like a nice, clean little band. No one else is using it. Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere. Uninvited. Dirty, soft, and nice, clean mind. Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. You care what the mainstream media says? What's up, fam? You out there? You listening? What's up? What's up? Coming to you live from behind enemy lines of Chirac, Illinois. How you guys doing out there today? Hope all is well. It's uh, it's another day. Today is the 14th of February. Yes, it is that day. And it's um, it's hitting me hard, guys. But I'm getting through it best I can. Um, with your guys' continued prayers, for sure. Uh, one of the prayers that uh, WBGL um, put out there about a half hour ago when I was, um, you know, doing my... Uh, my river dance, <laughs> um, listening to music and just, um, just kind of letting it all go for a little bit and just, uh, just listen to, um, you know, some, some Christian music, some great music, um, uplifting music and they, and they're just on fire today. I should just honestly just put them on and just listen to them for the rest of the show today. Probably be better. Um, but one of the prayers that they talked about today was Ezekiel twenty two thirty. Um, and so I wanted to kind of lead the show off with that. Uh, we have President Trump has an excellent statement today that he released. We're going to get to that and other Trump news today. There's a lot of stuff on that front here today. Lots of other interesting stuff, just kind of some random things here and there that we got to talk about. And we'll always check in with uh, anything that's breaking out there today. Usually around uh, this time, we get some stuff that's popping. So that's why I've always tried to stay with this time and, um, and try to uh, bring you guys the most uh, relevant information of the day um, that leads us into the evening shows. And and then uh, the next day we do it again. So I thank you all for being here today. Ezekiel twenty two thirty, the uh, King James version. And I want to show you guys something here for a second. I'll get to I'll hop over to you guys here in just a second. Let me just lead the show off with this prayer. Um, so I look it up at uh, Bible Gateway, which is you know interesting. I think it's interesting. Um, there are a lot of. Um, um, whenever I do my Sunday shows, there's a lot of kind of, um, you know, people who, ha- who are, um, a certain version of religion or whatever it may be and there a certain version of the Bible or whatever it may be. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it really, but different from me. Okay. D- different than my Christian upbringing or different than the way that I pray or choose to uh, listen to prayer. Um, and so you get kind of some pushback on that front, but th- this is interesting because, in the King James Version, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. It's a really interesting uh, Bible verse that, in my opinion, speaks deeply to me and my life. Um, but I wanted to show you, and the reason why that is is because it is, it is one of the, the verses that we often prayed in in boot camp. Um, and 
and our uh, chaplains would discuss uh, this verse often with us as as uh, prospective Marines, you know, as boot camp Marines, um, <laughs> killed. Um, but I, it is stand in the gap, you know, make be the hedge that stands in the gap so that this land isn't destroyed. It is a very powerful message to to all of us digital soldiers, but especially to the veterans out there today that are listening. God bless you all. And the reason why I want to show you the Bible gateway of this is because look at all the different versions. It just, there's so many. And it's like, like this version, I sought for a man among them to build the wall and stand in the breach of my presence on behalf of the land so it won't be destroyed, but I found no one. Um, it just keeps going. And I, I don't know all these versions. I searched for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. It, it continues to go, but that, but then it also shows, see, like this is the 21st century King James version, the American standard version, the amplified Bible classic version, the 19 or the 1599 Geneva Bible, um, the living Bible, uh, the message names of God's Bible, uh, new living translation, new revised standard version, um, Wycliffe Bible, trees of life version, uh, revised standard version, Catholic edition, you see my point. But and among all of them, among all of them, and, and let me just pick that that one specific. Uh, it was uh, King James Version, obviously. The 15, so GNV and KJV. GNV, the, the 1599. <laughs> um. And I sought for a man among a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. And then the King James Version. And I sought a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. You see my point. The message among all different versions is the same. It is just how we choose to um, pray is how we choose to to reach out and and take that time to uh, to reach to God, and um, you know it's also, in my opinion, a, a deep part of our awakening. It is it is a it is a block, in my opinion, for free thinkers to fully free think, and it someday we'll we'll. Um, I think someday we'll all be able to become more united on that front. But anyways, thank you guys for being here today. I appreciate you all very much. Golden Lady, God bless you. I, I just, I can't um, thank you. Thank you very much. You are an amazing patriot, and I just appreciate you um, so much for all you've done for not only for, for this channel and for, you know, for my bro and for this whole movement, but just for being the person that you are. And I, I thank you so much for, um, for that. Um, God bless you. Toria, first in the house, have a great day. Um, I saw also uh, Knock My Socks Off is, wouldn't be able to join us today, but is going to check the show out tomorrow. God bless you, Golden Lady. Thanks for everything. RP4 out. Great to see you out there today as well as Who Cares News. Uh, Toria says, brother, I made it through another day. I'm glad you did, and uh, I did too, barely. Frogger, great to see you out there. I hope our brother is doing just great out there. Um, 
I hope he is uh, is he he's on the men's. Happy Valentine's Day! Thanks, sending the hugs. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for the wishes. Um, who cares? Thank you for the 145 gold pills, sir. I appreciate you very much. How many times has the English language changed over the centuries? Indeed, and 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 even Golden Lady likes. I, um, Father Rippinger finished his prayer in, in Latin, and, and someone in chat just was t- t- took offense to a prayer in, in Latin, and it's. I'm just like. Um, there are, there are times when, when prayer and when, um, our religious leaders who are awakened to the world around us, um, are, are sending messages to us that we block because we, we just don't like something about it because of where, what we've been brought up and what, how we've been brainwashed. If they don't look at it like that, I, it's just, it's, it's tough, man, but I'm trying and it's, um, you know, the, the part of what, um, General Flynn talked about yesterday. It was just a, a great message. Uh, hi, Daisy Chains. Great to see you. Much love, Golden Lady. Trick Pony, thank you for the 120 gold pills. Um, part, part of what General Flynn's message was is <laughs> the, the, the weight of all of this has been so heavy on me. And... Um, you know, beyond my personal stuff, just this, this whole thing and how this is all played out and, um, how, um, what's the words I'm looking for here? Um, you know, the weight of all of this and the the reason why General Flynn's message yesterday was important is because, you know, the globalist empire is just slamming us down right now, you know, using demons and whatever the hell else mystical crap they're doing. They're just slamming us now. And that weight can get heavy on, on us when you realize what you're up against, you know, when you're, when you're awake to how bad things are and the daily constant gaslighting, the daily constant, um, negative news and, and just the, the constant barrage of negativity in our lives, that, that weight on me has been very heavy and I've never really allowed it to, um, to affect me. I've just sent it somewhere. Um, and, and, you know, the more inflection that you look at yourself, the more time you spend, um, you know, criticizing yourself and slamming yourself or being a piece of shit and everything else. Um, it, uh, it, can, it can weigh on you so much. And General Flynn's message of, of look, <laughs> there are people that are standing in the way that, that are going to handle some of the things that we feel we are helpless about. And let me check something real quick. And that, that weight... Um, yeah, so the widescreen isn't really working out very good, is it? Do you, Have you guys noticed the widescreen change in the screen? I changed my OBS settings, and I'm not sure if I like it now. I might change that back. Um, the weight of all of this can, can just slam you down, you know? And there's so many of us that have been talking about, you know, battle fatigue and the rest. And, and when you, um, you know, when you're in the middle of all of this, you don't see that the battle fatigue is hitting you. Um, and, and clearly it has me, 
Um, and but you know, I, I I fight through it. I I do what I can, the best I can, to try to um, to see things in a bigger picture and to help as much as I possibly can. Always, you know, never never in my agenda, never in my life have I ever tried to to um, to destroy anything ever. And there's nothing there's nothing in me that has that in me. The only thing I have is is um, a strong connection with God as a flawed human being. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but never never in my life have I ever, um, you know, want you know tried to step on the neck of somebody else or tried to to hurt somebody else to get ahead. That's that's not who I am. Um, but anyways, that's part of um, what General Flynn's message was yesterday is let us handle these these scumbags. Focus on what you can change. Focus on what you can do. And so that's what we've been trying to do, honestly, pretty good for, for a long period of time now, and that's what we're going to do today as well. So I, I appreciate you all for being here today. Rumble Crowd, you're also working your way in here today. I appreciate you all very much. Uh, Chris and Politius, thank you guys for dropping the links. As always, Didi, hello from Wisconsin. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate you very much. Um, and everyone else out there on Rumble working your way in here, do me a favor if you can. Tell somebody about the show and hit the thumbs up button over there on Rumble. Uh, grab the link to your favorite platform. Drop it into uh, your favorite social media and say, hey, come hang out with Uncensored Dave. He's got some good stuff to talk about today. I appreciate you all very much for trying to spread the message and for continuing to send the prayers because Lord knows I need it. Uh, Twitch crowds got their way in here today. Dr. J Blazer again. Thank you very much for the gifted subs yesterday. I really appreciate that. Machete Squid in the house. Much love. I appreciate you for the new follow. And uh, the Kawasaki Kid. How have you been? I hope all is well. I've uh, been thinking about you and, and keeping the prayers up for you and everyone else in this world as well. That's uh, that's reeling these days. I appreciate you. Thank you, everyone else over there in the Twitch crowd. That's why we have information, Abe, to get away from the Catholic Latin control of the Word of God. Reformation. Um, you know, it's, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, you, I, I think I'll say all I'm going to say on that. Um, it is, it is part of the awakening in my opinion to understand how religion has been used to control us, but it's, that's a, that's a, that's a tough topic to talk about and I've lost no shortage of viewers over it. So I'm just gonna, um, say what I said on that and then move on. But I appreciate y'all. Um, I got, uh, some really interesting stuff for you guys today. First of all, President Trump has a statement put out by January 6th, and then there's several other things I want to touch on with John Don Jr. yesterday in cash. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some Q for sure today. And then I'm, I for sure want to read Lee Smith's piece yesterday, uh, dropped last night, Cy Hirsch, Cy Swings and Misses Big. Lee Smith with a perspective that, again, a lot of Anons have written off, but I really appreciate Lee's perspective on these things. So I want to talk about this whole Nord Stream thing and read, uh, read Lee Smith's piece on this and see if we can discern any more what the hell's going on out there. A uh, bunch of other random stuff I got for you guys. Uh, Julie Kelly also has a great piece today uh, that we're going to definitely read about the discussion we had yesterday with regards to the Proud Boys, so I definitely want to get to that. And then lots of interesting uh, videos and um, clips that... Um, uh, I, let's see, where are they all at? 
uh, Carly has a bunch of them today uh, that I want to highlight. She's been on fire recently again as well. And Misty has a couple as well that I want to talk about today. So that's the plan for today. I uh, appreciate you guys all coming in to hanging out. What's up, Jackass? Uh, great to see you out there. <laughs> Every time I read your name, it makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, thank you for being here today and everyone else over there on Rumble. Much love. All the lurkers and listeners, we appreciate you all very much. Paul Revere, hi, great to see you there out there today. Thank you for being here today. And f- anyone else that's in, out there lurking, thanks for being here today. All right, President Trump and his statement that came out um, on his website, and I don't think he's truth to this yet, or if he has, he's very recently, because I just checked his truth not long ago. Um, but this is from his website, and he put it on, um, Liz put it on the Telegram. So let's check it out. Statement by President Trump. On the witch hunt of January 6th, recently, it was shockingly revealed that Twitter colluded with the FBI and other law enforcement agencies to rig and steal the 2020 presidential election in favor of Joe Biden and to deplatform and illegally censor me. As a key example of the corruption within the FBI, Special Agent Charles McGonagall, the head of the now fully debunked Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, has recently been arrested for being paid off by receiving large amounts of money from, get this, Russia. The Russia witch hunt was extremely detrimental to the Trump campaign's effort to win the 2020 presidential election. I have been newly reinstated on Twitter and various other social media platforms, and my tweets, which were taken down by big tech censorship and thus seen by very few, have just been made public. My clear and unequivocal statements on January 6th, which I conveyed to my over 100 million followers, are no longer under wraps. The highly partisan January 6th committee did not want these messages to be part of the historical and legal record, but they now have been fully restored. A sad shock to what I call the unselect committee of political hacks and thugs. The two exonerating tweets, the Rose Garden video, which was posted early afternoon on January 6th and attempted to be hidden by the unselect January 6th committee, clearly and unquestionably state my desire that all protesters be peaceful and follow the law. They are these. January 6th, 2021, I... I'm asking for everybody at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. And then the second one, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. These messages are consistent with the major theme of my speech on the ellipse in front of perhaps the largest crowd, seldom mentioned only by the tiny percentage went to the Capitol, um, went to the Capitol, I have never spoken before that the attendees were there to peacefully and patriotically make their voices heard. It is a doubtful, it is doubtful that any president has ever been so clear and cons- or concise about wanting peace and harmony and certainly not conflict. My speech, statements, and tweets are absolutely proof that I acted legally and appropriately in addition to the fact that as president, I have complete and total immunity. (laughs) These tweets were concealed from the public's view for almost two years because the former Twitter executives of Twitter followed the wishes of Joe Biden and the FBI in censoring me and canceling my account. 
Now that these new statements on Twitter and Facebook have emerged, having a widespread and very positive impact on me, it is paramount for all examining the events of January 6, 2021, to be aware of this new and irrefutable information, as nothing can be more obvious as to its meaning, a meaning that was withdrawn from the public by Twitter censorship and January 6 unselect committee's lack of effort to find them. Nevertheless, these vital and determinative statements have now been made available again for all to see. Moreover, I posted on Facebook parallel messages clearly calling on all my loyal followers to remain peaceful, but these statements were also censored shortly after when I was willing when I was wrongfully suspended on that platform. These two key posts on Facebook have been kept from the public view for almost two years and have only been recovered and made available through reinstatement of my Facebook account. The terribly biased January 6th committee ignored this key part of the legal and historical record because the partisan members of that committee did not want to acknowledge the fact that such statements totally and completely exonerate President Donald J. Trump. Here are those messages. Same as the ones on Twitter. Likewise, the ridiculous and dangerous remarks made by a woman named Cassidy Hutchinson have been fully refuted by the U.S. Secret Service. In addition, prior to January 6th, I strongly recommended that 10,000 to 20,000 National Guard troops be used to secure Washington, D.C. and the Capitol because of everything that I have heard and was being reported, a very large crowd was expected. Even if only 500 troops had been used, violence would have been completely avoided. Instead, in an act of arrogance, Nancy Pelosi and D.C. Mayor Muriel Browser, Bowser, who are in charge of the Capitol security, rejected the calls for the presence of the, of the National Guard to maintain order because they didn't like the look. This information is laid out in detail and corroborated by the, by, in the report by the Department of Defense's Inspector General. In a definitive account authored by then-acting Secretary of Defense Chris Miller, Secretary Miller writes, quote, On January 3rd, I met with President Trump in the Oval Office to discuss international threats unrelated to anything happening on the home front. At the end of our meeting, he asked about our preparations for January 6th. Here are the cited documents, sauce within. <laughs> Specifically, he wanted to know if there had been any request for the National Guard support, and I informed him of Mayor Bowser's request. You are going to need 10,000 people, President Trump said bluntly. Secretary Miller goes on to share the following deeply troubling antidote. Quote, I pressed D.C. officials about the number of cops they would be on duty on January 6th and their disposition. Our entreaties were met with a borderline condensation lecture by the D.C. Metropolitan Police official on the call that planned a force of eight to 10,000 law enforcement officers were capable of handling up to a million demonstrators. Capitol Police Union President Gus Papathanasau um, blamed January 6th on the disastrous collapse of leadership. That was months and years in the making. Later added, quote, our officers did their jobs. Our leadership did not. Scared of being exposed, Nancy Pelosi blocked Pamphanasaw's testimony, uh, testimony in front of Congress. Capitol Police Chief Steven Sund, who resigned shortly after January 6th, testified that Nancy Pelosi's then-Sergeant-at-Arms, Irving, said optics, again, cited sauce within. <laughs> um, cited, Irving said 
optics were the reason for not sending in the National Guard. Pelosi and Bowser are to blame. On January 5th, 2021, Mayor Bowser even sent an official letter to the Army Secretary Ryan D. McCarthy, which erroneously stated that, quote, the Metropolitan Police Department is prepared for this week's First Amendment activities. The District of Columbia is not requesting any other federal law enforcement personnel and discourages any additional deployment without immediate notification to and consultation with the Metropolitan Police Department if such plans are underway, unquote. As it turned out, Pelosi and Bowser could not have been more wrong, and their leadership failures allowed for the violence that have been that could have been avoided if my request had been followed. In fact, once the belated calls for the National Guard support finally came, the National Guard su- successfully deployed two hours and 20 minutes, which may be the fastest such deployment in United States history, only because they were ready based on my previous recommendation. I assumed... Having additional and very powerful security was a no-brainer, but Nancy Pelosi doesn't have a brain. Neither does Mary Bowser. They disagree with me, and I did not want it. And, excuse me, and let me read that again. Additional and very powerful security was a no-brainer, but Nancy Pelosi and Mayor Bowser disagree with me and did not want it. I also recorded a video message on January 6th in which I strongly stated, quote, we have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt again and again. I urged everyone to go home now, go home, go home in the, and go home in peace. This video was wrongfully and illegally doctored and misrepresented by the unselect committee. They did not want to show the full video because it again clearly proves that I call for peace, calm, and unity. It showed that I love our country and demand its protection. My statements encouraging peace and patriotism stand in stark contrast with other officials who have consistently and irresponsibly called for violence and extremism, noted in uh, these YouTube videos here, inciting rhetoric from Democrat YouTube available at here. Uh, What do you say we go ahead and check that out? Sign in to confirm my age. You suck. Uh, let me see if it'll let me sign in because because Google, man, you know, I, I don't even want to tell you all the fun that I have with this bullshit. Nah, it's not going to let me. <laughs> Bitch, dude. Um... Hold on a sec. I can't, you know, th- this YouTube, they're, they need to be next to get their heads out of their freaking asses. Yeah, because I have to do two-step verification. <laughs> and I don't have a freaking phone right now. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, scratch that. Oh, shit. Um, Let me finish reading President Trump's statement. (sighs) Oh, my God. Sorry. It closed the freaking thing, too. (laughs) It didn't open in a separate tab. So when I closed that tab, it closed President Trump's statement. All right. Here we go. All right. Um... 
Let's see here. Where were we? Okay. We were at the end of this page here. And we, you guys have seen the inciting rhetoric from Democrats videos. And then uh, Caldron Poole, how did you think it would end? Democrats and progressive inciting violence. Um, thank you, Pauly. Let's try opening that in a different tab. Are you going to let me play this one? I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings. All right. Here is uh, brainless Pelosi in her own words. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. and Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face. And then got out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Fuck constitution you. Are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels. Yes, this is, take they're note. They're not going to let up. And they Do take note. Up. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Good stuff. <laughs> I'm going to react to your recent uh, controversial. Can you, can you, can you not? <sighs> okay. There's that. President Trump from Maxine. Okay. So my statements encouraging peace and patriotism stand in stark contrast with other officials who have consistently and irresponsibly called for violence and extremism. For example, Maxine Waters encouraged her supporters to get more confrontational. Chuck Schumer threatened, I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you before you, if you go forward with these awful decisions, unquote. 
The referenced videos show many other incendiary remarks which preceded recent extraordinary violence. Yet, despite these horrible and hate-filled words and violence, there has never been any effort to hold these politicians responsible or accountable for their wrongful statements despite the death and destruction caused. On the other hand, throughout my speech on January 6th, I made clear to the military and law enforcement, quote, we want to thank you and the police and law enforcement, unquote. I talked about the movement's extraordinary love filled with people who built this nation, not the people who tore down our nation. I urged all to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women and peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. These quotes uh, do, again, fully exonerate me and should put an end to the national nightmare of weaponized, targeted, and dangerous witch hunts and hoaxes against any certain political party and me. That is the 10-page statement from President Trump today off of his uh, website. Very well put together, sir, and perfectly done. Um... You can get this from DonaldJTrump.com, and I do I still have his site open? I think I closed it to try to not to have too many tabs open. Um, here, let me go back to his website, and I will get you guys the link to his news page where you can re get this yourself. Here it is right here. And then he had one yesterday, thanks to Trump's anti-sex trafficking policies, 368 arrested in human trafficking sweep, no question about it. That was the article that we covered yesterday on, on uh, our show as well. So he is uh, definitely still getting the message out there on his website. Here is the direct link to his statement. You can, you can download the statement from that link here. Whoops. That is, I just put it on truth. So that'll work. <laughs> if you want it, go to truth. Um, there you are, Rumble. Got you guys over there. Hey, let me grab the last couple of links or last couple of platforms if you guys want to grab that and help spread the message about President Trump's January 6th statement that was released about an hour ago or so. All right, let me check in with you guys, see how you're doing out there. J.D. Rich in the house, great to see you. Thank you for being here. Appreciate everyone over there on Rumble. Do me a favor, Rumble, hit the plus button I th or thumbs up, whatever it may be. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I missed uh, some gold pill love from you guys. Thank you guys very much. Creative writer dropping some shades on me. Thank you very much. Polly dropping a ship. Trick pony with 120 gold pills, and who cares with 145? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thanks for being here today, guys. It's uh, just a wee bit uh, disconcerting, right? That other clip is is uh, the 17-minute one. Is Yeah, YouTube is asshole. I'm glad I turned on all my two-factor authentications, though. One of these days, I'll get my phone back. Uh... Hey, Jane, great to see you today. I hope you're having a great day. All right, there's uh, President Trump's message. Now, from here... I want to go over to Carly. Uh, she's been, she's been on fire, but uh, this is from um, about two hours, three three hours ago. Dan the man on Instagram, President Trump calling in 
from three hours ago. Is this the one that we have already, I'm not sure if, I think this is new. Let me see. Speak to you. I'm going to make a speech. Now, I don't know if I can ever... Give me a sec. Let me, um, abolitionist. Thank you for the shades, my friend. Compete with Dan Scavita. To you, I'm going to make a speech. Now, I don't know if I can ever compete with Dan Scavita. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be over there for Club 45. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where the site crashes because you're sending so many people there for freedom of speech and to take care of Newsmax. You guys are getting screwed. Yeah. Noon today to hear more. So there's that. Okay. Thank you, Carly, for always keeping an eye out on that stuff. Uh, let's see. In the early 1990s. Hello, Sean. Spicer is in the house. Oh, Sean. Confefe. Now, Mr. Spicer, would you like to explain to us what confefe would you like to explain to us what Kofefe means? <laughs> oh, they're having some fun. Uh, that's good to see. If President Trump called you right now, would you? What would you say to him? Um, God bless him. All right, Carly. Let's let's check out some more of Carly stuff today because she really has um, a bunch of really good stuff on her on her feed today. The most staggering increase we faced was self-generated sexual abuse videos of children ages seven, eight, and nine. There's a post even named The Art of Seduction that explained how to seduce children that has been read more than 54,000 times. It turns out that the younger a person is, the harder it is for them to control their own interactions on social media. They are biologically incapable of stopping themselves from incessant use of these platforms. That vulnerability is being exploited by these platforms. Republican John Kennedy says social media plays to the very worst aspects of human nature. I would say that uh, uh, social media has lowered the cost of being an a-hole. People say things on social media that they would never I would say, say that, uh, in an interpersonal exchange. Uh, D-Live just decided to unmute itself and just go ahead and say whatever it wants. Go ahead, D-Live. Help yourself. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. Uh, good stuff once again. Let me get, um, because I can't have chat open. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> you ever have just one of those days or our lives? All right. Um, then there's this... Uh, I, I, I can't spend more than a minute listening to this dumb bitch, but let's see. Helicopter, et cetera, et cetera. Is it the view of the president's communications team that he is equally adept in all settings in terms of communications, or are there some that played a greater strength, some where he probably isn't as strong, et cetera? I will tell you this. The president is the best communicator that we have in the world. <laughs> but... She even, she even said it with a straight face. Jeez. 
Uh, an hour ago from Carly, John Ratcliffe on Fox News today. Going on right now, we're going to kind of toggle back and forth between this breaking news this afternoon. I want to bring in John Ratcliffe, former director of national intelligence. He is going to be receiving a briefing tomorrow from the Biden administration on China's spy flight program. We had heard earlier that if there were... Uh... And by the way, the answer to that question is uh, yes, former DNIs do not lose their security clearance. People from the prior administration who wanted to be briefed on what's going on with these aerial spy craft uh, that we've seen one of at least from China, um, that they would get that opportunity. So uh, John Ratcliffe, welcome. It's always good to have you with us. Thank you for being here today. You bet. Thanks, Martha. You know, we just heard Jackie asking, but essentially the question has been on a lot of people's minds, which is where's the president and why haven't we heard about the whatever's going on in the sky over the United States of America? And she kind of return to a, what's become a familiar refrain, which is he's taking this very seriously. Uh, so we heard that again, but she said she had nothing to share with regard to any forthcoming remarks from the president. What do you think about that? Well, I think you've heard uh, bipartisan concern, um, both sides of the aisle, congressmen and senators saying that um, the president's missing in action and it's really inexcusable when we've had something so unprecedented happen where uh, invasion of our sovereign airspace repeatedly uh, to the extent that uh, you know four different objects have now been shot down over a period of, of eight days and the president hasn't commented on it at all I, without speculating too much Martha I mean my concern is that he's not talking about it because they don't have good answers mm -hmm. um, you know this is a president that's quick to take credit for things sometimes that he that he shouldn't even be allowed to take credit for, and and I think that he would do that here if there was a lot of success to talk about. But I think, you know, uh, it's widely recognized that this was a national security blunder with regard to the China spy balloon, and it was not shot down until it had successfully transited our entire country, something that had never happened before. Uh, and then you had three subsequent objects that we don't know where they're from, we don't know their origins, we don't know much about them, but they were all shot down quickly. Um, and, and really uh, undermine the excuses for why the Biden administration didn't shoot down the China spy balloon in the first place. So, again, I think that part of the reason he's, he's not talking is because he doesn't have good answers to give to fair questions from, from you know, the American people. Yeah, could be. Um, there's some suggestion that these other three objects are space trash, uh, you know, things that were floating around up there from experiments along those lines. Um, and it's, it's possible that what we have is sort of an overcorrection by the United States military here based on what didn't happen as everybody watched sort of with a little bit of concern as that other Chinese balloon went So basically what the truth of this is, is Obama is trying to use this as a patriotic rally cry to distract from all the other stuff that's happening. Across the, the country. And now we're learning from uh, Lucas Tomlinson's reporting last night that there was a $400,000 missile that was aimed at one of these things, which missed. What's your assessment uh, of that? <laughs> and They shot a $400,000 missile for a balloon? Don't these planes have uh, 50 cal machine guns? Wouldn't, wouldn't that make the most common sense? Whether or not that was wasteful or appropriate. Well, I, uh, you know, I have great faith that once called upon to execute its mission, that the military does so um, 
you know, with extraordinary skill. And, and, you know, these things happen. We don't hit our target every single time. Um, so I don't want to focus that so much on the fact that, you know, why weren't they deployed, uh, you know, to execute that mission earlier with regard to a Chinese spy craft and, and then give us answers for why it was even necessary to take a single shot, much less two, at, at an object in the sky that was described to be very differently, a fraction of the size of the Chinese spy balloon, very different description, very different altitude, and to your point, something that, that may be uh, consistent with uh, what's called sky trash or sky debris that we see all the time that invades our sovereign airspace but, but, but has no sinister intent and, and comes from you know, places all around the world. So I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but the fact is we shouldn't have to be speculating at this point in time. Uh, the administration should be speaking clearly about it, and, and they're not. You know, uh, John Kirby spoke on this the other day, and just, just quickly, if you can. Um, he basically said the, the prior administration did not detect it. We detected it. Um, drawing a line between yeah. what you folks well, knew and did and what they're what they know and did what do you make of that well I, I think he's got a really difficult job um, but you know that's the third different excuse that they've that they've trotted out initially they said um, that that these prior incidents were were never detected. Then they came out and said, well, they were detected, but they were assessed to be something different, something other than a Chinese spy balloon. Now they've come out and said, well, they were, we detected them, but the Trump administration uh, didn't. Look, they heard one of the reasons that I'm getting this briefing is when they came, when they came out with one of these excuses, all Trump administration officials spoke clearly on this, that something like this had never been happened before. We had never been confronted with enemy spy craft approaching our airspace and transiting the entire country. That continues to be true, uh, and, and nothing that they're going to say in the briefing is going to change that. So I want the, I want the focus to remain on that. Before I let you go, i got to squeeze in one more. I know a lot of people want to hear from you on this, and that is the interesting development that James Clapper is now saying, uh, former CIA director James Clapper. Clapper, huh? Huh. I would have rather have heard what he had to say about Clapper than, did it just kick off? What the hell just happened? What the hell? <laughs> um, it just like disappeared or something. That was weird. Going on right now, we're going to excuse that going to say in the briefing is going to change that. That uh, that it could be Russian disinformation that the Hunter clap. Uh, and and nothing that they're going to say in the briefing is going to change that. So I want the I want the focus to remain on that. Before I let you go, I got to squeeze in one more. I know a lot of people want to hear from you on this, and that is the interesting development that James Clapper is now saying. Uh, former CIA director James Clapper now or NSC, excuse me, uh, saying you know that he was misinterpreted when it came to the determination that uh, that it could be Russian disinformation that the Hunter laptop, Hunter Biden laptop was, um, and they all put out that statement together, and now he's saying. You know, Politico just misinterpreted what we said. So why didn't he say that then? And why is he saying well, it now, Director Ratcliffe? Well, because he's getting heat and everyone knows that something that he never thought was going to happen, which is that everyone would know that what I was saying at the time uh, was true about the Hunter Biden laptop um, not being uh, Russian disinformation, that the laptop was real. Look, 
you know, it was it was one against 50 at the time, uh, but I knew that the truth is on my side, and, and ultimately the truth defends itself. And, you know, you tell the truth about that. I told the truth about Russian collusion not existing. I told the truth about there being abuse at the FISA court. Uh, and you get attacked for those things, but at the end of the day, the lesson, Martha, is you tell the truth, you're, you're ultimately going to be proven right. And so, um, you know, I'm glad that the American people are finally seeing that, and folks like that, he, he's, he's having to account for it in a very public, uh, embarrassing way. Yeah, you can't go wrong telling the truth. Telling the truth, indeed. There you go. Um, I did see, let me see. Uh, I saw, an, I was like, why is Clapper in the news? Um, Clapper can't stop lying. Who had that article? Uh, Federalist. I got I have to go here now. <laughs> I didn't realize that, uh, that he was trying to walk back his statement. Uh, David Harsani, Hersenoy, um, five minute read. James Clapper can't stop lying. He knew exactly what he was doing. And that's the truth too. In an interview with the Washington Post fact checker, former director of national intelligence, James Clapper contends that political misled the public about a letter he and 50 other former Intel officials signed during the 2020 presidential campaign, warning that the New York Post's Hunter Biden laptop story could be Russian deception. Quote, there was a message distortion, Clapper tells the Washington Post. Quote, all we were doing was raising a yellow flag that this could be Russian disinformation. Political deliberately distorted what we said. It was clear in paragraph five. It was not clear at all. The purpose of the letter, apparent then as it is now, was to discredit the post of scoop and provide Democrats and the media with ammunition to reject it. Of course, Intel officials couldn't definitively say that Hunter Biden's emails were implicated that could, couldn't definitively say that Hunter Biden's emails, which implicated Joe Biden as a business partner, were concocted by Putin's spooks. They had no access to the laptop. The purpose was to enlist former Intel chiefs to cast doubt on the story. A perfunctory cover your ass paragraph doesn't change anything. The laptop lie began, as is often the case, with Adam Shithead, the California congressman who used the Intelligence Committee as a partisan disinformation clearinghouse. As soon as the story broke, Shithead claimed that we know, a phrase he used numerous times, that the emails had been planted by the Kremlin. By then, though, <clears throat> everyone understood the congressman was an irredeemable liar. <laughs> the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, issued a statement stressing that actually there was no evidence to back shift claims. That, that's when Natasha Bertrand, the dependable dem dupe, who had passed along so many other fake stories for the intel establishment were reported, quote-unquote, in political, that more than 50 former intelligence officials had signed a letter asserting that the laptop had all the classic earmarks of Russian disinformation operation. The most notable signees were Clapper, a man who ran a domestic surveillance program and then lied about it to Congress, and former CIA director John Brennan, both towelheads, a man who once oversaw the operation of illegal spying on a Senate staffer and then also lied about it to the American people. The letter worked exactly as intended. Look, Biden said during the last 2020 presidential debate, when asked about the laptop, there are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that he was accusing me of it, of it, uh, that... Sorry, there were 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what he's accusing me of is a Russian plan, unquote, on 60 Minutes. 
Biden called the story disinformation from the Russians. Clapper tells the Washington Post that he had absolutely no idea how the former vice president had framed the contents of the letter, which is, to be generous, implausible nonsense. If Clapper's letter was merely a good faith warning, then why didn't any of the other signees push back against Biden's contention during the numerous television appearances? Did none of them watch the presidential debates? Why didn't Clapper send a follow-up statement clarifying his position after political headline purportedly distorted the letter? Did he not see the piece until now, just as Republicans are about to investigate? Why did Clapper never raise any other yellow flags regarding the dozens of fantastical scoops about Russian collusion that dominated the news during the Trump years? To be fair, it's probably difficult to warn people about disinformation when you're also spreading it. The Post's uh, pedantic fact check, all the Post's pedantic fact check does is offer signees and itself cover. The Washington Post excuses the media's ongoing suppression of the Hunter Biden story by arguing that the leak of emails from the DNC committee and the Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta, which may have contributed to Donald Trump's unexpected victory in 2016, made the journalists extra cautious about relaying uncorroborated information. <laughs> that contention is gravely undercut by the hundreds of pieces and columns that the Post ran based on the Democratic Apple research that contained what was almost surely Russian disinformation. Any skeptical journalist would have also immediately identified the letter and the Bertrand piece as nakedly partisan attempt to undermine the legitimacy of the story. Indeed, the New York Post's Hunter's, Hunter story had far more substantiation than any of the his, histrionic uh, Russia collusion pieces that the public was subject to, subjected to during the Trump years. The Post detailed how it came into possession of its evidence it interviewed the owner of the Delaware computer shop where Hunter had abandoned his laptop. It provided Hunter's signature on a receipt. The Post had on-the-record sources with intimate knowledge of Hunter's business dealings. They had on-the-record interviews with people who claimed to have interactions with the presidential candidate. Uh, incidents we now know Biden had lied about for years. And later, the emails were authenticated by forensic specialists at other outlets as well. Hunter never denied it was his laptop, by the way. Yet virtually the entire censorious journalistic establishment, including the... Is, is censorious a word? <laughs> censorious. I like that. Yet, the, the, yet virtually the entire censorious journalistic establishment, including the Washington Post, with the help of tech giants and former spooks, limited the story's exposure by either banning it as outright disinformation, creating the impression that it didn't meet proper journalistic standards, or implying that it had been planted by Russians. The media wasn't going to allow another Hillary Clinton-like scandal to sink the prospects of a Democrat, and Clapper played a big part in that deception. Great article today uh, summarizing the Clapper mess that's going on out there. It's interesting that Clapper is uh, having to walk back those statements today. There are 11 posts with Clapper in them. If you don't put a space and four, if you do put a space, let's see what the four with a space are. April 15th, 2018, 1164 came in. Reread five eyes. Avoid U.S. data collection laws? Hussein, public 
the dossier, and FISA. What's not public and what won't be told by Durham? Five Eyes, United Kingdom, Australia, POTUS targeting using pushed Russian decoy meetings, campaign insertions, Hussein, Hillary Rodham Clinton, Loretta Lynch, Brennan, Clapper, National Security, uh, White House, sit, Situation Room, uh, Operation in the United Kingdom, Australia assisted and set up, Q. September 10th, 2018, 2129 came in. Declassifies will initiate the resignation, recusal, and or removal of Rod Rosenstein. Declassifies will initiate the awareness that all signers will be currently under investigation. Declassifies will factually demonstrate without argument the U.S. government under Hussein knowingly presented false evidence to the Fisk Court in an effort to obtain legal U.S. intelligence umbrella surveillance of POTUS, identify the target, for the sole purpose of influencing the 2016 election and the presidency, not Russia, but Hussein, Hillary Rodham Clinton projection, plus safeguard against possible loss of, of power, firewalls, use of a back-channel surveillance spy insertion in the in one, two, and five eyes by United Kingdom and Australia primarily activated under Director Brennan, Director Clapper, with presidential daily briefing, reg re regular updates, live streaming, White House Hussein in the non-Oval Office Situation Room coordination. FISA full brings down the House, the White House. I hope you're right. When when will the full de uh, declassified FISA be released? The, who signed the fourth FISA on Carter Page? When will that be released? Unredacted. Soon, I hope. May 5th, 2020, 4110 came in. It is an NBC News article saying the FBI agrees CIA assessment on Russia wanted to help Trump. Then and now, Brennan and Comey assessment, Clapper assisted, hard push, the Justice Department link on US 18 USC 371 conspiracy to defraud the United States. Another link, resource manual on knowingly and willfully. And then the US code on, which US code is this one again? Chapter 115, Treason, Sedition, and Other Subversive Activities. Is that why Clapper is a little bit worried today? That's the truth. He should be freaking worried. May 24th, 2020, 4310 came in. It is a Catherine Herridge email that used to be top secret and it says this on january 5th following a briefing by the ic leadership on russian hacking during the 2016 presidential election president obama had a brief follow-on conversation with the fbi director jim comey and deputy attorney general sally yates in the oval office vice president biden and i were president susan rice President Obama began the conversation by stressing his continued commitment to ensuring that every aspect of this issue was handled by the intelligence and law enforcement communities by the book. Uh-huh. The president stressed that he is not asking about initiating or instructing anything from a law enforcement perspective. He reiterated that our law enforcement team needs to proceed as it normally would by the book. From national security perspective, however, President Obama said he, he wants to be sure that as we engage with the incoming team, we are mindful to ascertain if there is any reason that we cannot share information fully as it relates to Russia. The deep classified paragraph, as you can see here, um, highlighted by Catherine, says this. Director Comey affirmed that he is proceeding, quote, by the book as it relates to law enforcement. From a national security perspective, Comey said he does not have 
he does Comey said he does have some concerns that incoming NSA Flynn is speaking frequently with Russian ambassador Kislyak. Comey said that could be an issue as it relates to sharing sensitive information. President Obama asked if Comey was saying that the National Security Council should not pass sensitive information related to Russia to Flynn. Comey replied, potentially. He added that he has no indication thus far that Flynn has passed classified information to Kislyak, but he noted the level of communication is unusual. The president asked Comey to inform him if anything changes in the next few weeks that should affect how we share classified information with the incoming team. Comey said he would. Relevance? R.E. Susan Rice, top secret declassified paragraph, as I just read. What was really discussed during the January 5th meeting? Hussein order preventing sharing of intelligence, i.e. Russia? Would such an order shield Hussein administration from discovery, i.e. Obamagate? Would such an order shield Clinton camp from discovery, i.e. Clinton DNC Russia collusion? Would such an order be known to POTUS or classified? If classified, how could it be discovered? NSA Mike Rogers steps down on retire date. NSA Mike Rogers Trump Tower skiff secure date. The date that Mike Rogers warned President Trump he was being spied on. Brennan, Clapper, Carter pushed to term NSA Rogers date. The Washington Post, quote, the heads of the Pentagon and the national intelligence community have recommended to President Obama that the director of national security agency, Admiral Mike Rogers, be removed. The recommendation delivered to the White House last month was made by Defense Secretary Ashton B. Carter and Director of National Intelligence James R. Clapper, according to several U.S. officials familiar with the matter. How do you circumvent the Shadow Intelligence Committee? An Intercept article highlighting Trump White House weighing plans for private spies to counter deep state enemies. <laughs> Blackwater founder Eric Prince, a former CIA paramilitary officer, and Oliver North want to make the 80s-style covert action great again. Affirmed. Critical thinking, what did Susan Rice declass January 5th in the White House meeting reveal? Russia intelligence hold? How do you add layers of protection? Install a special counsel to lock, freeze everything RE Russia? That's exactly what special counsels are used for. Instruct and coordinate with the national security community, intelligence community, shift arm's length to initiate whistleblower allegations. Instruct Congress to file articles of impeachment. Coordinate with China to, determinate, to terminate economic unemployment gains. Initiate lockdown due to health concerns. Push fear through DNC media. Instruct governors under control to enact vote by mail. Coincidence, January 15th. Impeachment articles delivered to the Senate held. Why did she hold them? China pushed one USA clawback deal signed. Ah, jackpot. First COVID-19 case landed in Seattle. All assets deployed. Min win by any means necessary. Everything is at stake. Welcome to the shadow presidency of Barack Hussein Obama. Q. And there you go, leading us to the top of the hour. Thanks for being here today, guys. Got some more good stuff for you guys. Thanks for hanging out, lurking, and listening. I appreciate you all. Hope you guys are having a great day today. I appreciate you all for being here with me today. It's been a, a lonely several months. And uh, the prayers and all of you guys 
spending time with me uh, during this time when there's a lot of stuff going on and you could be somewhere else. I'm just glad that you're here with me. Thank you and God bless you all. J.D. Rich, Nana Knows is in the house as well. Beachside, great to see you out there. I hope all is well. Thank you for the emails. I try to catch up with them. Um, I appreciate them. Keep them coming. If you want you want stuff to send me, I, I read them all the time. I just don't get always get a chance to respond. So, you know, if it, if it doesn't need a response, right, I'm not going <laughs> to. So I appreciate you. Um, Twitch crowd, how are you guys doing over there today? Not so great, Jane. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm kind of right there with you. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping uh, that you have a as good a day as you possibly can. Liberty Bells is in the house. Great to see you. Thank you for being here today. Let me just say hello to the rest of you guys out here that are that are lurking and listening today. Abolitionist and creative writer. Thank you guys for the additional gold pills today. Thank you guys very much. Danger, it's a supersonic balloon. Hard to hit. <laughs> hey, what's up, Belouche? You live now? I was listening to you last night, lurking and listening like I always do, bro. Killing it, bro. Absolutely killing it. You got some serious talent, dude, and I see why your frustration is about right where our mine is. <laughs> Hang in there, bro. Hang in there. We got, it's going to, it's just like everything else, right? The, the effort, the weight is going to be worth it. Rumble crowd, if you can, real quick, do me a favor, hit that thumbs up button. I appreciate you all very much. And everyone else lurking and listening today, thank you all. All right, let me keep it moving for the second hour here today. I got some more Q stuff for you guys. Oh, I wanted to go back to Carly. I think she had one or two other things that I wanted to see. Um, Yeah, definitely wasn't that. Uh, one Korean is enough. Violent pedophile who raped three-month-old baby as a teenager is quietly moved to a female prison with a mother and baby unit after having transgender surgery in Canada. You, you can't make this shit up. Uh, 38 train cars derailed just before 9 a.m. on February 3rd, sparking a fire that damaged another dozen cars, according to the report. Fox 8 report and a uh, some press conferences out there today. Finally, after last Monday's story that we covered and tried to break, um, is finally getting the coverage it deserves. Here's an example of what's happening to some of the uh, a fox in the area. Uh, it is a disaster of epic proportions that uh, they don't want us talking about. Um, address this tragedy. Democrat Ilhan Omar unleashes demands transportation secretary answer for Ohio's train derailment. He's done. I think Ilhan Omar think, is just uh, excited because it's in East Palestine. And maybe she's like, oh, there's an East Palestine in the United States. I stand with East Palestine. <laughs> Babylon B with some fire today. Um, <laughs> Rolling Stone what the fuck this is a real headline from Rolling Stone today from Asawin Subiang and Patrick Reese Trump plans to bring back firing squads group executions if he retakes the White House <laughs> uh, we're probably going to need that Scotty's got a new one out nice Oh, that's from last night. I think I saw that. Or is that a new one? I think I saw that one yesterday. President Trump released a statement. Uh, Mark Levin catching that one an hour ago. The great one. Uh, older, bigger girl strangles a little boy in Fairfax County school bus. I don't want to see that. Um, and everyone's talking about these Epstein docs in this document cloud. This is not the Epstein documents. I don't know why. 
this is a summary of all the court documents that are all public already fully redacted and the stuff that we have found as a nons just all in one spot, but it is not the redacted Epstein documents. Jeez. I mean, any kind of research whatsoever, nobody is falling for this again. I bet Liptard's already got the jab lined up ready. QAnon 76, who convenes urgent meeting in the outbreak of Marburg virus. Here we go. Uh, what else did you have, Carly? I thought there was one or two more. January 6th committee, we got that one covered. And then Chris Stapleton sang from the heart. Indeed, he did. Great stuff, uh, Carly. Just wanted to give her a shout out because she's just been absolutely, for a long time, doing great work. Then I wanted to go over to Misty. Misty, also a great digger, finding the stuff that matters. Um, she had this uh, retruth from The Storm Has Arrived. Um, and that's why I don't have to necessarily follow all these accounts because the best stuff always seems to come forward. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Misty as well. Donald Trump Jr. discussing Seymour's Hearst's new Substack, United States sabotaging Nord Stream 2 with cash. Um, and then from there, I'm, I'm going to pivot into. Um, Lee Smith's piece, and then we're going to talk about Feinstein. So there's the plan here for the for the top of the hour here. Thanks for being here today, guys. Let's uh, set this piece up with what is the narrative that is being pushed. That's what I'm going to call it, <laughs> flat out, because I still don't believe a freaking thing about this pipeline yet. Um, you know, the, the, the way that this is being used as a political weapon t tells you everything about it. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, the balloon stuff seems like it's really real, but it also feels like it could be a distraction. I think we're guilty yeah. of this on the conservative side. We find the one thing that mm -hmm. they're doing that's incompetent, and we pounce on it. But, like, you read the Nord Stream 2 article, right? There was a, that article by a journalist that basically was like, and of course we did it. Like, of course, like, just like when was... When was the Wuhan lab leak theory not the most plausible answer? Uh, so for those of you who didn't know, Nord Stream, the big pipeline, gas pipeline from Russia to Germany and all that stuff was blown up while we were doing military exercises or shortly thereafter. And like this happens, we took out a Russian billion dollar pipeline, I guess just prior to their invasion of Ukraine. And we're like, it was probably the Russians. I'm like, why would the Russians <laughs> blow up their billion dollar pipeline that would allow them to fuel their war? But like the fact that we do it, it's so obviously us. It's a precursor to this. Like, is that not an act of war? And like, is is some of the balloon stuff a distraction from the fact that this stuff came out this week and no one's talking about? We took a preemptive strike against the largest nuclear power in the world, who we're now in a proxy war with. I'm like, feels like a really big freaking deal. And yet, it's like, ah, oh, well, you know. And again, it was always the most plausible solution, but like, it happens, and we're like. Oh, yeah, the Russians did it to themselves. I'm like, the Russians shot themselves for, it cost themselves billions of dollars and or the... So I, I just want to interject here one thing. Wasn't these pipelines shut down by President Trump? Am I wrong on that, chat? Dream of income? They're like, not that dumb. Like, it, it made no sense, and it never does, but, like, everyone... the media is doing us such a disservice because they just they take the dnc talking points they buy the administration talking points they run with them even if they make no sense whatsoever and like we don't actually have any real information about a plausible act of war against the world's largest nuclear power no you're so you're right and and it's a terrible distraction this whole 99 red love balloon thing it's we're not talking about hunter biden's laptop we're not talking about election rigging we're not talking about joe biden's failure across the board but worse off our enemies are using it 
to gain more access into the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And from a national security intel standpoint, let's go to Nord Stream, okay? Mm -hmm. Remember, the Trump administration shut that pipeline down. Yeah. Shut it down hard. You, we sanctioned them so hard they didn't have the ability to finish it. What did Biden do? Let's reverse the, let's reverse the clock. Biden comes in. And I'm sure that's not done because of anything that they have holding over his head. Right. I'm exactly. sure that. I'm There's sure no that. Leverage. And if we had a real press, they'd ask that question. But no one's even asked. I bet you. I bet you Hunter Biden got an advisory contract on Nord Stream. I, wait till that document comes out. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, Joe Biden reversed course of the Trump administration policy, allowed Russia to finish the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And then allowed Russia to fund Germany's gas needs yeah. and the rest of Western Europe and an intel collection standpoint against United States interests. Now it comes out that America probably blew it up. And here's the thing. Do we have the capability to do that as a former chief of staff of DOD? Yeah, we can do that. But okay. the question is, Joe Biden screwed up. Then, like he always does, has the media try to cover for him and then insert some ridiculous national security program to go in there and upend the world order to put us on the brink of World War III. And nobody is talking about it yeah. because the media, as you said, doesn't want to hurt Joe Biden and the radical left-wing agenda. Well, it, all, it also feels like they, the way they did it based on the article, it was like the way to circumvent Congress. And, you know, this administration, right, that Trump was going to get us into World War III. Trump's the only guy that seemed to keep us out of it, right? We're, we're further along that path. But also, this is going to be the administration of transparency. But they seem to avoid being able to bring this to anyone in Congress. Now, again, I, I understand that if they still had Adam Schiff and Swalwell on the Intel Committee, it would have leaked in seconds to get a, you know, a nice hit piece on Republicans on CNN. But and, and that's why I just think there's just this, this, this whole pipeline story, none of it makes sense. Now, I see, you know, chat saying other things that Attorney there's... General Vinita Gupta. Um, you know, that other intel agencies may be involved and things like that. I mean, I'm not going to... I'm not going to say anything like that until we, I mean, if you have sauce on that, e email it to my email. Uh, but, you know, um, I can't just uh, run with it like that. Um, so, Daisy Chains, thank you for the cookie. I appreciate you. Um, thank you, Chris. Gotcha, Jane. Uh, I saw a comment about Wheezy Girl. Um, I'll, I'll uh, At the bottom of the hour, I'll check in. Hazmat warning? Hmm. All right, I'll, um, I'll, I'll uh, at the bottom of the hour, I'll check in on breaking news and see if there's anything out there on that front as well. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, shiny objects abound. All right, Seymour Hersh. Lee Smith. Again, who has gotten so much flack for for having different perspectives, different different information on this, and and because um, some of his takes are different than the way Q taught Anand stuff. Anand's have written off Lee Smith. I think it's freaking hilarious. But Q said, "No wonder that there's so many great journalists out there that can't stand Q Anons or Anons, I should say." Cy Hurst swings and misses big. Careless claims that the U.S. blew up the Nord Stream pipelines cover for real scandals of the Biden administration. The most astounding claim in the blockbuster new article from Seymour Hersh alleging that the U.S. is responsible for sabotaging two of Russia's natural gas pipelines is that the Biden administration is led by a 
uh, a no-nonsense crew of highly capable technicians. Forget what you've heard about secret classified documents turning up in very various Biden residences. In Hirsch's telling, the Biden White House practices exceptional operational security. <laughs> and it would need to, because according to the single anonymous source on whom Hirsch based his piece, the Russians have superlative surveillance of the Baltic Sea. Pulling off a plan to blow up the Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 pipelines between Germany and Russia would not only require vision and leadership, but sophisticated cover. So what kind of highly advanced stealth technology did the Biden team employ to cloak the underwater operation? In fact, they did just the opposite. They hid the plot to start World War III in plain sight. According to the source who had direct knowledge of the operational planning, writes Hirsch, a team of U.S. Navy divers planted explosives in June of 2022 during a NATO exercise in the Baltic Sea, while tens of thousands of naval personnel from allied countries on site and hundreds of thousands more were monitoring the exercise remotely. That is, according to Hearst's source, Team Biden thwarted the Russians' superb surveillance by planting explosives before the eyes of the audience of the military and intelligence officials from European countries that depend on the Russian gas carried through the pipelines. Let me clear my thoughts. Give me a second. <sighs> okay. Delicious ice mountain water. It was a brilliant plan to be sure, but according to Hirsch's source, Biden was still worried. If the pipelines blew up just 48 hours after NATO had conducted the enormous joint exercise in exactly the same place, the Russians might get suspicious. So the president asked for a mechanism that would allow him to detonate the explosives at a later date. <laughs> Thanks, Belush. According to Hearst's source, it was something of a chore for the military with limits, limitless resources to devise a way to blow something up later from somewhere else. <laughs> but it was precisely that innovation that would keep Putin from suspecting that the United States involvement, when the pipelines blew up four months after the NATO exercise, <laughs> in exactly the same place, the pipelines were sabotaged. The White House has called Hirsch's story an utterly false and complete fiction, while a Russian spokesperson said in response to the piece that Moscow has repeatedly expressed its conviction that the U.S. and NATO were responsible. Maybe the U.S. really did sabotage Russian pipelines, but it is sure didn't happen the way Hirsch describes it. Maybe it was the Russians who did it themselves, or perhaps it was those who seemingly the strongest motive for hitting Vladimir Putin the Ukrainians. There's not enough evidence yet to know, but we do know enough about Biden's public record to judge the story's premise, never mind its absurd details as questionable. As we read the piece here on the channel, it was just like, yeah, a highly classified operation was just Hand it over to the media. Here, look, here's exactly what happened with all the gooey, gooey details. Sure. As Vice President uh, Biden warned against killing Osama bin Laden, even when the elite SEAL team tasked for the mission. But as president, he ordered Navy regulars to blow up a piggy bank of a state with a large nuclear arsenal. Biden let a Chinese spy balloon tour the American homeland 
crossing over several sensitive sites, but he sucker punched Putin in Russia's backyard. Hard as it may be to believe, the big takeaway from the piece is just that Joe Biden is one tough umbre. I'm a big tough guy. I have my power. Look at me yield my power as President Biden. Hey, Jay, I hope all is well. Happy Valentine's Day. The source had a much more streetwise view of Biden's decision to sabotage more than 1,500 miles of, of Gazprom pipeline as winter approached. Well, he said, speaking of the president, I got to admit, the guy has a pair of balls. He said he was going to do it, and he did. Uh-huh. Wag the dog more. Hirsch's source wanted readers to believe that despite seeming like a pensioner in steep cognitive decline biden is such a hard-charging defender of democracy that he bested even putin in the black arts yeah americans thank your lucky stars that your security is in the rough hewn hands of dark brandon he will save you he's he's man hear me hearing roar yeah One former senior intelligence official I spoke with described the Hirsch's piece as a steel dossier quality garbage. I agree. Journalists say the Hirsch story was rejected by several publications before he decided to publish it on his own Substack. The issue was apparently that the story was a single sourced, but the real problem seems to be something else. Hirsch has enjoyed an impressive journalistic career that includes a Pulitzer Prize for his reporting on the 1968 my lie massacre when u.s soldiers slaughtered vietnamese civilians he is also notorious for getting spun up by his own sources he no most notably he fell for forged documents claiming that john kennedy bought marilyn monroe's silence about their alleged affair hirsch was planning to use them for his book the dark side of camelot but luckily for him Questions about the document's authenticity surfaced before publication, and he had time to withdraw the sections based on them. His most charitable colleagues like to distinguish between the hardworking veteran reporter and the man who seems incapable of stopping himself from making sensational claims unsupported by evidence. For instance, shortly after the New Yorker published his deeply reported expose about U.S. military personnel torturing detainees at Abu Ghraib, Hirsch mesmerized an ACLU audience saying he'd only told half the story. The Pentagon had videotapes of American soldiers sodomizing young boys at the prison. He never followed up with the written report to corroborate those charges. And so according to his interpretation of the two note modes, Hirsch unplugged is a freewheeling and sometimes parodic version of a indefatigable, indefatigable investigative journalist who at, at his best, when accompanied by rigorous editorial process, that's an interesting, very, very interesting um, shot over the bow. You know how Lee likes to take those uh, proverbial punch to the faces of the intellectual manner. That's really well done there. That's why I like him so much. But that's not entirely accurate. Some of Hirsch's most bizarre reports were published in The New Yorker, a publication once recognized as America's most prestigious magazine. In 2008 article, for instance, Hirsch questioned whether Israelis really bombed a Syrian nuclear facility a year before, a fact corroborated by virtually everyone in the world aside from the Syrian government. The Israelis bombed something. 
concluded Hirsch, but probably not a nuclear facility, at least not according to his sources. The Lebanese press portrayed him as an asset of the Syrian intelligence and even identified who in Damascus controlled him. Facts that apparently went unnoticed by New Yorker's famed fact-checking department. In 2007 New Yorker article, Hirsch reported that Vice President Dick Cheney and Saudi Ambassador Bandar bin Sultan backed Al-Qaeda-linked extremist groups to wage terror operations. One of Hirsch's sources was a former Lebanese minister named Mikhail Samaha, a pro-Syrian operative who for a few years, um, who a few years after the story was published, was arrested in Lebanon for arranging Al-Qaeda-linked terror operations on behalf of Syrian intelligence services. Damascus, it seems, had used Hirsch to give cover for its own murderous campaign. It appears that editors will support Hirsch's work when it serves the interests of the party they support, the Democrats, whether those stories are true or not. His establishment media enablers stayed away from the Biden pipeline piece because it aligned with the belief of many on the right, including senior GOP officials that Biden blew up the pipeline. Uh, in this version, the national security establishment manipulated a nearly comatose Biden into war with Russia that it has long craved. There's no doubt that Washington is a pro-Ukraine town on both sides of the aisle and populated by unreconstructed cold warriors, many of whom have recklessly pushed to expand NATO to Russia's borders. And there's the long trail of Ukrainian-related corruption leading from the boardroom of Ukrainian energy company that paid Hunter Biden $80,000 a month for his father's office. But Biden doesn't see Russia as an existential foe. More importantly, Neither does the Democrat Party's boss, Barack Obama. Cy Hirsch, nice. Thank you, Paulie. The Vladimir Putin that Democrats despise is a hate object of their own making. The mythical scourge of democracy who stole the 2016 election from Hillary Clinton and gave it to the Kremlin stooge Donald Trump. Uh -huh. But the real world Putin is a man the Democrats have done business with. When Biden was a vice president, the White House teamed up with Putin to kill terrorists in Syria, where the Russians targeted Sunni regions and bombed schools and hospitals as Obama officials protested impotently at the United Nations. Indeed, if anyone sold America out to Russia, it was Obama. He all but invited the Russians into the eastern Mediterranean, a vital zone of U.S. influence where they built a stronghold for the first time in nearly half a century Putin was there to protect Iranian forces. I lost my spot, which was good for Obama. If the Iranians lost in Syria, what was the point of legalizing Tehran's nuclear weapons program? Without Putin, Obama's signature foreign policy initiative, the Iran deal, would have come to naught. And with Biden in charge, the administration used the Russians as mediators with Iran through 2021 to try to restore the nuclear deal that Trump dismantled. If that deal does come back, Russia stands to pocket billions of dollars as Iran's nuclear sponsor. That many on the right are convinced Biden wanted war with Russia suggests that the ruling party's efforts to pollute U.S. information ecosystem through serial propaganda operations is not just turning their base into mindless zombies, but is also affecting the opposition. When everything the media prints is fake news to serve an oligarchic regime, 
a in a censorship consortium consisting of press, big tech, U.S. spy services, calls facts disinformation, it's hard to keep things straight in the labyrinth of lies. But for Trump supporters, ignoring the facts behind the Nord Stream story has a peculiar effect of obscuring Trump's achievements. In addition to his many unique qualities, some good and some less good, he was a president who also executed normal commander-in-chief functions exceptionally well. The America First movement rightly celebrates that Trump did not start any new wars, but the purpose of foreign policy is not simply to avoid conflict, but rather to protect and advance the national interest on behalf of the American public. The United States has dangerous adversaries like Putin, and the president's job is to keep them in check. Good presidents do that by establishing conditions that prevent war. That's why Trump, with the support of Ted Cruz, sanctioned Nord Stream 2. Hirsch's framework is wrong. To advance the theory that Biden sabotaged the pipelines, he cites as evidence a press conference in which the president boasted that he'd terminate Nord Stream 2. Hirsch's source claims that Biden said that we know how to do it, i.e. destroy the pipeline. But Biden didn't say that. Hirsch was too lazy to do his own fact-checking, even though he links to a video of the press conference. Biden said that if, he, if the Russians invade, we will bring an end to it. After a reporter asked how it was possible since Nord Stream 2 is a German project, Biden said, I promise you, we will be able to do it. Hirsch didn't bother with the details because he needs Biden's February press conference to show that the administration all but confessed before the act to committing an act of war against Russia. Hirsch is also wrong that Biden and his foreign policy team were vocal and consistent in their hostility to the two pipelines. Here are the facts. The White House and State Department, especially under Secretary of State Political Affairs, Victoria Nuland, disagreed over Nord Stream 2. The White House wanted to undo sanctions just as they were determined to cancel every other part of Trump's legacy. Further, Biden and senior White House deputies saw lifting sanctions as a favor to Angela Merkel the leader of the anti-Trump resistance in Europe. The pipeline crosses the same territory as Nord Stream 1, and the European terminal for both is in a port city in a district that Merkel represented in the German parliament. Nord Stream 2 are bringing another 55 billion cubic meters of natural gas per annum on the top of 55 billion already incoming via Nord Stream 1. For Moscow, before the war anyway, Nord Stream 2 meant locking in Europe's addictions to their cheap gas, so competing infrastructure could atherpy. Indeed, that's exactly. And Berlin saw Nord Stream 2 as an opportunity to give all German industry an enormous advantage over competitors with gas prices even lower than what the rest of Europe paid. Now remember, the natural gas facility that President Trump made sure to, um, to expand and have um, built in Texas, remember when it had that huge explosion that just came back online recently? The news is fake. The war is real, fam. For Germans, the prospect of extending their industrial domination for another generation was so heady that when Trump warned the 2018 General Assembly that Germany would soon become entirely dependent on Russian energy unless it changed course, German diplomats laughed haughtily. 
Trump was referring to Nord Stream 2 because Nord Stream 2 promised to shower wealth and prestige on Merkel's patrons and clients. The Biden White House lifted sanctions and gilded the outgoing chancellor's career. Exactly. <clears throat> Newland is a genuine Russia hawk, which is why publicizing her role in Russiagate helped the Clinton campaign and Obama administration sell the hoax. She was opposed to lifting Nord Stream 2 sanctions because, among other reasons, she really hates Putin. But when she said if, quote, Russia invades Ukraine one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward, she was not intimating that the United States would sabotage the pipelines in the future. How could she? She'd lost an argument with a president who wouldn't even keep sanctions on Nord Stream 2, no matter how much lifting them might destabilize Europe. When Biden said he will bring an end to Nord Stream 2, he was defending his decision to lift sanctions in the front of the press corps that was briefed on the international policy argument. Even Democrats like Bob Menendez were critical of Biden's move. Outside of a few reporters from conservative outlets, the press treats him like a kindly grandfather in his dotage. He's not used to real questions, so when he's asked to answer one, he snapped back in a characteristic fashion with all tough talk. I promise you'll be able to do it. It seems that all he meant was that the United States would reimpose sanctions. But as even Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky told the White House, sanctions will be worthless after the Russian invasion. By lifting sanctions on Nord Stream 2, Biden had forfeited the only deterrence he had to keeping the Russians from crossing the border. And even the pro-Biden press knew it. So Biden resorted to empty press, to empty threats. Just let Putin try it. According to Hirsch's source, the decision to blow up the pipelines originated months before when the Biden National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, also a treasonous scumbag, asked for recommendations about how to respond to Putin's impending invasion. But it seems that only thing the White House had ever planned was communication strategy to explain how the route of Ukraine had nothing to do with Biden's decision to lift the sanctions. The administration assumed that shooting would be over in days, probably with Zelensky swinging from a lap post in Kiev. <laughs> That's why Biden offered him asylum 72 hours after the invasion. But the Ukrainians fought back, and Biden has been filling Ukraine coffers with U.S. taxpayer dollars ever since, presumably in part to keep Zelensky from mouthing off about the American president's culpability in starting the war that may break Europe. Trump is right when he says that Putin wouldn't have invaded Ukraine if he were still in the White House. So as long as he kept the Nord Stream 2 sanctions in place, naturally, it would have, enra it would have enraged the Germans and the United States media would have blamed Trump for alienated our great ally in Berlin. Even if the Germans were plotting with Putin to impoverish the rest of Europe. But that's all hypothetical. What we know for sure is that Trump was on the mark when he warned the Germans that Nord Stream 2 would come back to haunt them. And thanks to Biden, it has hurt America, too. There is indeed a scandal that involves Biden and Russian pipelines, but it's not the Seymour Hersh one, one that he wrote about. It's simply this. A venal and careless old man was so obsessed with undoing his predecessor's work that he greenlighted a war in Europe with consequences that are likely to impact how Americans live for years to come. Absolutely, Lee Smith, 100% on point in his Substack, in his tablet mag today. Great stuff. 
absolute great stuff by Lee Smith. And that should get sent far and wide. Toria, thank you for the shades. JC Bird, thank you for the shades. It's great to see you out there. Good afternoon. Grab that link and get that out there far and wide. It's with the quote that it is Biden who started the war and it is Merkel and the globalists who are benefiting. Great to see you, JC Bird. I hope all is well, my friend. Thank you for all you do for, for everybody as well. All right, there is that one. What time is it? 5.37, and I have so much more to get to. Uh, maybe I should just uh, stream until I get to it all. I don't know. That sounds like a, an idea anyway. I was going to try to start streaming earlier today. I might I might start streaming earlier, guys. I'm thinking about going at least three hours um, daily now because there's just so much stuff that I need to get through, and I and I and some, some days I can't even get through half of it. Uh, let me check in on anything breaking out there. Um, do you see Tesla stock up 100% over the year? <laughs> Elon's making a killing, man. Um, Rogue X Credit Suisse staffer inappropriately took salary data. Hmm. New article in Zero Hedge. Uh, what is this? Shelter in place has been issued due to dangerous toxic chemicals leaking. Where is this the one that um, Wheezy Girl was trying to highlight with us? This is a Twitter. Uh, sorry, let me pull this up here. What is this? Thanks for being here today, guys. What's up, Ben Q Lurkin? Thank you, Daisy Change. You guys are awesome. Thank you guys for the support today. I really, really, really appreciate it. Uh, this is in Tucson, Arizona. Shelter in place has been issued due to dangerous toxic chemicals leaking. Oh, wow. Another day. I mean, I guess people feel like they have to drive through it or something, but if, if you saw that kind of smoke, would you drive through that? I, I fuck that, dude. Look at that shit. That looks like extremely toxic, and that if anybody breathes that stuff in, man, holy crap, dude. I'm gonna truck overturned on the side there. Let me uh, let me pause that back a little bit. Why why aren't they rerouting traffic? Do we, do we not know how to handle hazardous materials in this country? <sighs> what the hell, dude? Oh, you couldn't see that. My bad. Would you drive through that? Look at the color of that smoke, dude. It's like clearly toxic. Man, I hope these people don't get injured from this. Here is the initial, here's the overturned semi right here. You can see that there's the smoke. You can see, I mean, I would, I don't, why aren't they rerouting fucking traffic, dude? 
do they does nobody do we not have hazardous materials teams in this country that know how to handle these situations or something? So it is a a semi overturned. And um it it almost looks like it, it the the way that it's sitting there like you see the embankment here. Let, let me try that again. Right here. No, nope, a little bit farther. Look at this em deep embankment here. And it, it looks like the, the semi just rolled off the embankment. So, I don't know, man. Um, do we see... I, it's tough to see if there's any kind of damage up here on the top that maybe was forced off the road or something like that. I'm not sure, but that is the shelter in place that um, is out there in going on out there in um, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona today. So that's breaking right now about uh, about uh, 15, 10, 15 minutes ago. Uh, Technofog's got a couple of new ones out there. More details on Epstein's interview with the FBI's grass. They say the production will come and explaining the John Doe perpetrators in Ghislaine Maxwell's civil case. Uh, Technofog's got a new piece out there. That's why I was like, man, this... I could literally just read all of these today. Um, what else is out there? Uh, significant storms out in um, Vegas. Did you guys see the videos about Vegas? I also have an update on... Um, I better... I might have to go along today. You guys going to be able to hang out today? Um, because I do have a lot of other important stuff to, to talk about. Glendale, Arizona, Officer OK is responding to a call for a vehicle causing an accident. This is uh, about 4.20 today. Um, let me check in with Breaking 911 real quick, if they got anything. Mitch McConnell running his mouth. Um... Body cam footage shows a suspect shot by Illinois police while charging officers with knives out of Aurora, Illinois. And uh, they shot a air-to-air -air missile at the balloon. Okay, so that's about it from there. Uh, disclose, you guys got anything? Where'd you go? Uh, some Klaus Schwab stuff. They got the Arizona thing. Senator Kennedy... Um, on his briefing this today. Has been going on. Let's see what Senator Kennedy has to say today. Nitric acid, really? So batteries, some kind of battery thing, maybe. This has been going on for a long, long, long time. Um, at, at at least 2017, and last week we were told 2019. Um, that's what I took away from it today. Thank you. Thanks, so, guys. I appreciate it. Lock your doors tonight. Thank you, sir. What the hell? Uh, all right. There is that. Um, anything else? Oh, God. All right. I think Joe was the first uh, to find uh, this one today, the one that I just accidentally closed. <laughs> uh, 
This is I really need to spend some time on this, man. All right. Um phone issues today? Sorry to have sorry to hear that. Axle froze or a tire blue, maybe something like that. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Could be could definitely be an accident. I'm with you. All right. Um Thank you for the heads up Twitch chat on that front. Appreciate it. Feinstein will not run for re-election in 2024. Focusing on this Congress. Ah, well, there is some really good Feinstein Q posts. But the two that you need to hear, there are 12 total, but there's two that you need to hear. February 21st, 2019, 2854, a Forbes article. The top four reasons California is unsustainable. And you guys are, uh, there's some unsustainable, uh, a lot of unsustainable stuff happening in California. California's infrastructure deficit is greater than 25 million. That was as of 2017, $187 billion infrastructure needs. California's unfunded infrastructure needs, needs, at up at $737 billion and maybe as much as a trillion dollars. Number two, number three, government debt. California state and local governments owe $1.3 trillion as of 2015, and uh, it has surged to over $2.3 trillion in debt. California taxes and regulations is the 10th highest in the country. And number one, the California governments. California is moving even, even further left and wants the nation to pay for it. Why are they moving left? Because China owns California. They know what's best for our country. Pelosi, a California rep since 1987. Maxine Waters, a California rep since 1991. Shithead Adam Schiff, California rep since 2001. Feinstein, a California rep since 1992. What about Kamala Harris? What about Ted Lieu? Lead by example. California estimated $2 trillion in debt. Homeless population on the rise. Highest taxes in the country. Undocumented immigrants from California in California versus the nation. <laughs> Look at the totals of undocumented immigrants in California. You blow your freaking mind. Uncontrollable state government spending. If you can't fix your own home state, what makes you think you can fix the country? If you are living in one of the other 49 states, you should learn from the lesson that is California. If you are living in California, there is always a lesson of how Michigan came to be governed by a more centrist government. Of course, that came after the failure of the prior government. For now, however, for all its concern for sustainable foods and products, California is on a high-speed rail to unsustainability. Facts matter. Q. January 21st, 2020, 3778 came in. The Democrat Party leaders, Big Five. The puppet masters, along with Obozo, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, Adam Shithead, Chair Intel, Jerry Nonads Nadler, the Penguin himself, the chair of the judiciary, Chucky the Clown Schumer, Senate Majority Leader, and Dianne Feinstein, ranking member judiciary. Pelosi, no longer Speaker of the House, shithead off the committee. Nadler has Nonads for sure. Schumer's running around with a chicken with his head cut off, and goodbye, Feinstein. Control over California and New York, vital to maintain the Democrat structural integrity. With all those illegal immigrants, it sure is. 
Judicial Watch press releases, California begins massive voter roll cleanup, notifies of 1.5 million inactive voters as part of Judicial Watch's lawsuit. I wonder if California has cleaned up their voter rolls yet or if they're fighting that. A New York Post article, law granting illegal immigrants driver's license could lead to voter fraud. Yeah, you think? That's the purpose of it. Leverage, control, dictates how far you rise within the Democrat Party. Q. All right, let's keep it moving here. Officer finds dozens of dozens fighting on the south side of Madison, Wisconsin, after gunshots reported. An all-out melee this morning in the area of South Park Street and Planter Drive in Madison. Hundreds of of people fighting in a giant melee. And Madison police said, ah, look, violent crime units involved, just a gang battle. Don't worry about it. I'm going to keep an eye on. There's more to this story that meets the eye. So if you guys see any more on this gang melee in Madison or know any um, information about it, please get it to me. I would love to hear more about what's going on there. It's being kept very close to the vest right now. Uh, confidential human, uh, confidential informants involved. Inflation rose 0.5% in January, more than expected, and it's up 6.4% from a year ago. In case you guys haven't noticed, going to the grocery store really freaking sucks right about now trying to buy anything and leave the grocery store without spending 50 or 100 bucks good freaking luck i got like no food in the house because it's just too damn expensive to buy chicken pork anything and spaghetti last night and tacos tonight you know what i'm saying it's just ridiculous man and the the cost of living index and the um consumer price index the massive jump up 7.9% from over a year ago. And I know y'all are feeling it just the same. Appreciate your support, man. Cause it is, <laughs> it's not fucking easy to live in this world. And I know you guys all are in the same ball with me. God bless you. Disinformation Inc. Read one of the blacklists used to secretly defund conservative news. Gabe Kaminsky in the Washington examiner has a great piece today that I really would like to read to you guys. It is just so freaking well done, man. Uh, let me see if I can if I can keep you guys over the top of the hour, and I'll come back to that one. Nikki Haley officially launched her campaign for someone to pick her as vice president. <laughs> Look at the Babylon Bee with an absolute perfect freaking picture, dude. I don't even need to read the article. <laughs> Oh, uh, the funniest part is, is uh, I think, what was it a month ago when I, when I told you guys that Nikki Haley is officially look for that truth on my truth. I, 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 I tagged president Trump and said the exact same thing. I was like, Hey, president Trump, I'm here. Nikki Haley's going to be <laughs> announcing her pick for vice president her candidacy for vice president. Anyways. Let me just read it because the Babylon Bee is just fire, dude. Coming to us from Charleston, South Carolina, former governor and ambassador of the United Nations, Nikki Haley, announced Tuesday that she has launched her campaign for someone to select her as the running mate in the future presidential bid. It is my lifelong dream to be vice president, and I'll be happy to serve whoever asked me to be their running mate, Haley said in her announcement video. Trump or DeSantis, whatever, I'm not picky. <laughs> Trump... <laughs> 
Trump is reportedly confident that Nikki Haley is just what the ticket needs to defeat Biden and reclaim the presidency. You got to fight fire with fire, Trump said. Kamala is a woman, so I need a woman to throw at her. Nikki's the best. Believe me, I've checked. <laughs> Governor Ron DeSantis has not officially announced his candidacy for the presidency, but experts believe it's only a matter of time before he attempts to challenge Trump for the presidential throne. However, he would not comment on whether he would be asked Nikki Haley to be his running mate. <laughs> At publishing time, Sarah Palin had also announced a new campaign for someone to pick her for anything at all. <laughs> oh, good stuff from Babylon B today. Mark Zuckerbuck's 2.0. I've been trying to highlight this as much as possible. Victoria Marshall in today's Federalist reminding us that it's not that bad yet. However, comma, it's not that good either. Three of the 10 counties chosen as beneficiaries of the program from the nonprofit that helped fund the private takeover of the government elections in 2020 are refusing to accept those dollars leading up to the 2024 cycle. Several of you people out there know of these. Election officials in Brunswick, Forsyth counties in North Carolina, Ottawa County in Michigan have chosen not to accept the funds from the U.S. Alliance for Excellence, a program that funds $80 million into jurisdictions like the Center for Tech and Civil Life, CTCL, Mark Zuckerberg's privatization of buying out of elections. I'm going to read Julie Kelly's piece today, which is why I think I have to go longer today. A great piece in Today's American Greatness by Julie Kelly. She has been absolutely all over the January 6th uh, reporting. I'm going to read that in just a moment. Let me get this other stuff out here. Ohio explosion. Great. I want to give a shout out to Rebel News. Three minutes and 45 seconds on the scene. The only ones on the scene spreading the truth about what's happening in Pennsylvania. Check it out. Lincoln J reporting for Rebel News. Now, as you can see by the sign beside me, we are in the village of East Palestine, Ohio. Now, this name may sound familiar to some of you as a train containing hazardous chemicals derailed and essentially all of those chemicals have spilled, causing thousands of the residents here to evacuate. Who is to blame? Do the residents feel safe? Is it safe to be here right now? That's what we're gonna find out as we're here on the ground at the scene of the accident. Just last week, a major train derailment of 50 cars carrying very hazardous chemicals has resulted in thousands of people being evacuated by officials over the fear of the explosion setting off. Uh, it was a mess, a mess. Uh, we, I took my wife to the doctor and coming back from the doctor, we couldn't even get back to our house. And we had no clothes, no medicine, nothing. We had to go to Youngstown to get a room. One of those chemicals is vinyl chloride, which is extremely toxic to humans. We're still very nervous about it um, because they keep coming up with contaminated water problems. And I don't know, I'm even half afraid to shop. Fast forward to today, the evacuation order has been lifted. We've already spoken to residents on the ground and many of them simply feel that there isn't much transparency here. My kids, um, we're just running in to grab something and then we're going back to grandma's house because they keep breaking out. Real quick, what's with the, the freaking nose ring looking like you're a, a steer or some shit? 
Does anybody know what the significance of that is? Why what is why does it have to have that nose ring like that? Does it, does anybody realize how fucking retarded they look with, with that? And rashes. Kids do. Yeah. So you kind of answered my next question. You don't, do you feel like it's safe here right now? I feel like we're not being told everything. I know something came out yesterday about them covering up contaminated soil when they rebuilt the railroad instead of pulling it out like they promised, so. But many of the residents are pointing the blame at Norfolk Southern, the company responsible for the train. Do you think it's safe here right now? I don't know. They're, uh, they're, they're. To me, they're keeping everything kind of hush hush. You know, they're not, they're not telling everybody everything. You know. Who's to blame? Who's responsible? The Joe Biden administration has been very quiet on one of the most serious and dangerous environmental disasters to date. The Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, spoke about the Chinese spy balloons instead of addressing the clear elephant in the room, the train derailment here in East Palestine. Uh, I mean, if you look at what the American transportation systems have faced in the last two or three years, partly because of the pandemic, We've faced issues from container shipping to airline cancellations. Mm -hmm. Now we got balloons. That's right. Um. <laughs> My producer Efron and I have made the trip here from Toronto to East Palestine to show you guys the other side of the story, to talk to the residents here, to find out what exactly is going on. Is it safe to be here? We're going to be uploading all of our content to ohioexplosion.com. If you wanna support the journalism that we're doing down here, if you wanna support our travel costs so we can continue providing you guys the other side of the story, you can consider donating through that website, ohioexplosion.com. Stay tuned guys and thank you. Shout out to Rebel News for the great work that they've been doing. Uh, check out that website if you guys get time. And I'll get this out there on my social media later on to uh, to highlight their work. But they, you can't find any information out there. And they did a great job of going out there. J.D. Rich in the house. I love, I live 20 miles from south of there. Found two dead starlings in my yard about a foot from each other yesterday. <sighs> I wonder, is there is there commercially available air quality things that are fairly cheap? I, I wonder if there is. Nose rings are so you can pull them behind your truck as long as you have a trailer hitch. <laughs> There's got to be like some kind of significance that it that it means, or I think there is. I just don't know what it is because I don't pay attention to stupid shit. Anyways, great great job by Rebel News. This is the Vegas stuff that I wanted to show you guys. Look at this. They were warned not to leave the casinos in Vegas. Holy cow, dude. That's some, that's, that's a, now that's a storm. And that's, California's getting blasted right now, too. Um, and that's coming east. So, oh boy, can't wait for that one. Um, what else did I have here for you guys? Uh, how much land do Chinese investors own? It's nearly double the size of New York City. 
Uh, Western Journal, Jonathan Jones today. Americans have a major blind spot when it comes to China. Yeah. Um, where is, I think I have a, the summary in here. Uh, here it is. Uh, according to Newsweek, those investors own nearly 384,000 acres of U.S. land, roughly twice the size of New York City. According to a January report from Congressional Research Service, Chinese-linked companies own 0.9% of all foreign-owned U.S. agricultural land at the end of 2021, 0.9% more than they should own. That needs to be addressed and will be addressed in about a little over a year and a half. CNN accidentally tells the world how it feels about little people. <laughs> uh, Peter uh, Partall, also in today's Western Journal, um, CNN published an article that compared the recent horrific train crash in East Palestine, Ohio, to the film White Noise, which is a film about a family in Ohio that forced to flee an airborne toxic event, as you guys have seen. The article covers the Ratner family, real life residents of East Palestine who were extras in the movie, but are now experiencing the events of that film in real life. The beginning of the piece is rather telling when Ben Ratner's family signed up in 2021 to be extras in the movies, movie white noise. They thought it would be a fun distraction from their day-to-day -day life in blue collar East Palestine, Ohio. The key phrase there is they thought it would be a fun distraction from their day-to-day -day life essentially implying that middle America where these blue collar workers live is a desolate, empty place with nothing to do. And people constantly looking for a way to escape the drudgery of everyday life. Actually. <laughs> oh, the Federalist today with some fire highlighting daily callers documentary damage that has uh, been released. I want to highlight that for you guys here real quick. And the dangers of the drag culture, Daily Caller debuted a new documentary on the contemporary transgender craze last week called Damaged. I just wanted to highlight that for you guys and see if you guys could help spread the word on that. Um, here is the trailer for Damaged. I, I think, you know, with all the stuff going on, I had this in my mix of articles, but it may have, it may have made the chopping block. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality simply everywhere. But were you mutilated? Yes, I absolutely was. I'm really glad that um, <clears throat> this, this is finally getting the attention it is because it is the most destructive child abuse that Democrats have ever done to this country. It really is, and it's just terrible to watch. Uh, I'm going to have to go about another half hour, 45 guys. So I appreciate you guys hanging out today. Too many good stuff, too many good articles that I got to cover today. Julie Kelly's piece, as well as uh, the disinformation piece as well. Very important articles. The real story, what's causing the died suddenly phenomenon? Another article in the Western Journal today. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to spend too much time on this. However, comma. A whoops, if I could, if I could type. 
I, 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 you know, I cannot, I have to fat finger at least one letter when I type fast. Otherwise it's just not, you know, it's not, it's not a day in the life of me. Um, yeah, I don't know what that giant sea creature is there. Uh, <clears throat> police frequency, but this here's the article today in diets that I just highlighted. Um, another, uh, ESPN.com Belgian goalkeeper, Arnie Espo dies at age 25 after saving a penalty. 25-year-old soccer player uh, collapsing suddenly. Bookies taking Super Bowl bets on died suddenly just sums it all up from Vincent Kennedy. Saturday, medical examiner revises cause of death for ABC News executive who was thought to have died suddenly. Heartbreak for a college player dies from a massive heart attack. Having gained another angel, family members have lost a felt stunned and devastated after a 31-year-old former college tennis star passed away and died suddenly on Wednesday of last week. Tuesday of last week, cause of death released 23-year-old college swimmer who died suddenly, University of Arizona. 1923 TV show pays tribute to 32-year-old production supervisor who died suddenly Tuesday of last week. Autopsy reveals cause of death for Air Force cadet who collapsed and died suddenly Tuesday of last week. Tom Renz, click here to give uh, the hardest interview we've had to do airing tonight. Um, an article about uh, 18-year-old daughter who died suddenly. Tom Renz, fire out there, been doing great work. Police officer died suddenly while on, while on duty, loved in Georgia. 23-year-old college swimmer dies suddenly in Arizona. Got that one covered. Flyover conservatives, FO show. Um, 14-year-old soccer player dies suddenly home day after training with a teammates. That's as of February. Something's happening. Possible war crime as Russia holds thousands of children. There's, isn't there multiple sides of this, though? Russia has held at least 6,000 children from Ukraine in camps aimed at re-education in what could constitute a war crime, says the U.S. study on Tuesday. Since the start of the war nearly a year ago, children as as young as four months old have been taken to 43 camps across Russia, including in Moscow, uh, annexed Crimea, Crimea, Crimea and Siberia, for pro-Russia patriotic military and related education. Isn't this the same thing that China is doing? Putin's really a great guy. You don't understand. He just brainwashes kids into making them tell everybody how fucking great he is, geniuses. That's the main stuff that I got. Julie Kelly. Thanks for thanks for hanging in here today, guys. Uh, probably go about another half hour, 45, and then we'll uh, wrap the show up here for, for you today, guys. Thank you very much for being here. Who locked my shackles? Can't leave now. <laughs> Abolitionist, thanks. Ben Q. Lurkin, Daisy Change, JC Bird, Bitchtoria, Belush, Oz, Stoneburner, Daisy Change again, Paulie, Trick Pony. Who cares? Thank you guys all very much for the gold pill love today. Did a government intel asset plant key evidence in the Proud Boys case? We should be suspicious of weird coincidences. <clears throat> Whoops, swing and a miss. Uh, chicken and pork still cheap there. B- beef and fish is another story. Interesting. I have, I have to, I don't know, you know, his, I never really did a whole lot of shopping. So, <laughs> um, 
except for, you know, smoking meat or whatever. It's week five of the Justice Department's high profile and high stakes criminal trial related to the events of January 6th. Five members of the Proud Boys uh, face a rare seditious conspiracy charge. Guilty verdicts almost certain given the, the government's near perfect conviction rate. For January 6th dependence, we would build legal momentum from our similar indictment against Donald Trump. The trial is so crucial that Matthew Graves, the Biden-appointed U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia responsible for prosecuting the, every January 6th case, has shown up in the courtroom on at least three occasions. Trump is a major figure in this trial, an unindicted co-conspirator of sorts. Let me clear my throat. Stand by one. An unindicted co-conspirator of sorts. Last week, Judge Timothy Kelly allowed prosecutors to play a clip of Trump's extemporaneous comment for the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by, a remark uttered during the presidential debate in September of 2020, more than three months before the Capitol protest. The Justice Department wants to portray the comment as a call to arms, alleging try, tying the alleged militia group to the former president. The clip is just another thin read of evidence in the government's landmark domestic terrorism case. In fact, much of the evidence amounts to nothing more than worthless trinkets, braggadocious group chats, and otherwise protected political speech. It now appears that one key piece of evidence was not the work of any defendant in this case, but rather written by a one-time government intelligence asset with unusual ties to both the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, another group involved in January 6th. The document entitled 1776 Returns is cited by the government to indicate the group had a advanced plan to attack the Capitol. In two separate criminal indictments, prosecutors explained how the document ended up in the hands of Ariki Tario, the leader of the Proud Boys. On December 30th, 2020, an unnamed individual sent Tario a document that set forth a plan to occupy a few crucial buildings in D.C. on January 6th, including the House and Senate buildings around the Capitol, with as many people as possible to show our politicians that we the people are in charge. Calling the document a high-level summary, <laughs> a prosecutor last week, and I use that word in quotes, combed through each page of the 1776 returns with an expert witness, even though the government conceded there was no proof Tario opened the file nor shared it with others. The plan essentially is to have individuals inside these buildings either cause a distraction or pull firearms, fire alarms in other parts of the city to distract law enforcement so that the crowd can then rush the buildings and occupy the interior so they can demand a new election. FBI agent Peter Dabrowski said told the jury. In other words, an insurrection. Uh-huh. But a bombshell motion filed over the weekend debunks the Justice Department suggesting that the document was a, was a product, or at least a roadmap, used to guide the group's conduct on January 6th. The filing suggests that the handling of 1776 returns, like so much of January 6th, was yet another sting operation. It appears that the government itself is the author of the most incriminating and damning document in this case, which was mysteriously sent to the government request to Proud Boy leader Enrique Tario immediately prior to January 6th in order to frame or implicate Tario in a government-created scheme to storm buildings around the Capitol, wrote Roger Roots, 
attorney for Dem- Dominic Pozzola in the motion seeking a mistrial. We highlighted this yesterday. Brian Cates got it out there. Thank you for that, brother. Appreciate that. As such, the document and the government's efforts to frame or smear defendants with it constitutes outrageous government conduct. Turns out the person responsible for preparing the document is a man named Samuel Arms, a young cryptocurrency expert living in Florida. Arms' resume raises many red flags, particularly in the case involving the use of multiple government informants. Arms told January 6th Select Committee last year, Unselect Committee last year, that he has worked for the State Department and Special Operations Command at McDill Air Force Base in Tampa. A lot of the work I did for the government was in counter threat finance or regulatory environments around crypto, he testified. As a student at the University of South Florida, Arms was enrolled in a special program to that prepared graduates for a career in the intelligence sector. Arms told House investigators that he was groomed to be in the CIA, FBI, or any intelligence agencies. When asked to clarify what that meant, Arms explained he was trained and educated to eventually work as an intelligence asset. Part of that training required preparing different responses to potential terror threats, and Arms was no slouch. I reported under Colonel Joshua Potter's counter-threat finance unit, and I actually developed for them critical research on cryptocurrency that may have been used by drug cartels or ISIS. And so I did similar scenarios with them, wargaming scenarios of why these terrorist groups might be using cryptocurrency and how they might be might go about doing so. That background in war games apparently motivated arms to do this to do the same before January 6th. After reading reports about the Transition Integrity Project, a collection of high-level Trump foes plotting to remove Trump from office regardless of the election's outcome, Arms said that he felt compelled to perform his own worst-case scenario, hence the 1776 paper. But Arms' explanation as to why Armes Explanation as to why he put thoughts on paper is strange to say the least. His reason for brainstorming, as he called it, what might happen after the intelligence after the election veered from the Terry Shavo case, quote, when government authorities are kind of confused and people don't know who to obey or who to answer to, anarchy kind of breaks out. And certain parties take advantage of that anarchy, he said, of the protected legal battle over the famous right to die case two decades ago to Trump's unpredictability to the 2020 summer riots, to total anarchy in the streets. Even more odd is that his internal brainstorming document ended up in the inbox of Erica Flores, a business associate in Florida, who just happened to be Tario's girlfriend at the time. I had told her that I was kind of brainwashing, brainstorming, excuse me, what I think might happen, and she seemed interested. She asked if she could see it, and I said sure, so I ended up sharing it with her on a Google Drive. Flores then sent the document to Tario. Flores' version of events, however, is quite different from Armes' account. While he, while he disputed being the sole author of the document, Flores reportedly told January 6th committee that Armes wrote the whole thing. Further, contrary to Armes' testimony, Armes' testimony to the committee, she said Armes told her to send it to Tario. For now, it's unclear whether the public or, more importantly, the defendants will learn the truth about the origins of 1776 returns missive. Armes admitted he cannot find the original document in his Google files, although Flores spoke with the January 6th committee. Her transcript is not yet publicly available, buried with hundreds of other more at the National Archives. Yeah. 
That's not the end of Arms' weird, weird story, though. He was also in contact with a member of the Oath Keepers in 2020. Arms' name shows up at a hotel reservation for James Beeks, now on trial in D.C. For, for participating in the January 6th Capitol protest. White House investigators asked Arms why Beeks included his name in the same hotel room. Arms claimed the man had a romantic interest in him. Armas also admitted he and Beeks had many conversations before January 6th on topics such as the election and domestic politics. But like Armas' original 1776 document, those messages are missing too. As evidence piles up to show how federal assets played an animating role before and on January 6th, Armas' weird account, the background in the government intelligence, cannot be dismissed as coincidence. What's up, Vetmore? Great piece today by Julie Kelly in today's uh, American Greatness. All right, the last thing I want to get for you out there today, thanks for hanging out for a little bit of overtime today, is this piece from Washington Examiner, dropped on uh, February 10th. Disinformation Inc., read one of the blacklists used secretly to defund conservative news. This is a three-part, this is part three of Washington. Oh, I already read this, the secret blacklist. We got this covered. So um, I'll just get this out there to you guys. And um, since we're already pretty late, I'll uh, just check in on some breaking news out there. First thing I want to do before I do that is go check in with President Trump, see if he has anything to say today while we've been live. Um... Bill Maher, whatever, and then the statement two hours ago dropped by President Trump on True Social. Great to see that out there. Um, let me check in with Greg real quick. Ah, oh, the voter stand. Oh, yeah, Super PAC funds funds voter fraud. Um, excellent, excellent. Got a lot of great work still happening out there with with those guys to try to shore up the elections as well. And General Flynn, anything new from General Flynn today? Five hours ago, the American people very much get it and are not going to take it anymore. You stand firm against this assault. We appreciate what you're putting up with. I know what it takes to overcome the DOJ injustice system. Fight like a Flynn. Damn right. You got that right. All right, let me just see if there's anything breaking out there real quick, and then we'll let you guys go hang out to where you're ever going to go to next. Um... We got the Arizona um, evacuation. Arizona authorities issuing an evacuation and a shelter in place after nitric acid spill. We got that covered. Um, Okay, so that's getting out there far and wide now. Uh, What else? I wanted to check in with uh, General Milley's running his mile still. Whatever. A new tweet, a new Twitter from General Flynn. Gaslight me harder, right? Um, Dr. Simone Gold, six hours ago, New York City teachers who refused the COVID jab had their fingerprints and personal files sent to the FBI per a recent report. This is horrific. Dr. Simone Gold out of prison finally helping to spread the word. Uh, General Flynn says, Dr. Simone Gold is 100% right. The FBI is out of control. Ratings to be put brought in front of the weaponization subcommittee and put under the lights. Stop abusing we the people because we're sick of it. 
what the hell are we doing because to cause your undershorts to be in such a tight wad? Uh, well, the answer to that, General Flynn, is destroying their false narratives, as you know. Uh, they are no longer able to control the narrative, and it, it has got them spun up in a tizzy. Um, other than that, guys, I'm not seeing too much more out there today that is um, that you need to get covered today as far as what I can see that, that matters. So with that, I'll say thank you guys very much for hanging out today. I appreciate you all very much. You all are a great group of patriots, man. You're always here lurking and listening and helping to spread the news and all of that stuff. And I greatly appreciate the time you spend with me every day. I cannot say that enough. I appreciate every single one of you very, very, very much. I hope you guys all have a great and wonderful day. Rumble crowd has been great. JD Rich, thank you very much. Chris and Glenn, thank you guys all out there on the Rumble cloud for, uh, for lurking and listening over there. D Live has some lurkers and listening. Thank you guys very much. Pence, uh, Pen Pensator. Sorry, I can't see your name. It's so dang small. Thank you for joining us over there. And everyone over there on the wonderful Twitch. You guys are awesome, man. Thanks, you guys, all very much for hanging out with me here today. I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you for being here today with me. I hope you guys come hang out every day. You see what we try to do here today, man. Bring you guys the important stuff in as quick as possible. And really, that's all you need to hear. No, I'm kidding. 5317 gold pills today on the foxhole.app, pill.net. If you guys haven't checked out pill.net, you're missing out, man. There's great, great content over there on pill.net. There's some stuff that, that you won't like, but there's plenty of other. Pauly, Vetmore, Abolitionist, Ben Q Lurkin, Daisy Chains, JC Bird, Victoria, Belouche. Thanks, brother. Daisy Chains again. Pauly, Trick Pony, Who Cares News, and Creative Writer. Thank you all very much for the gold pill love today. I greatly appreciate it more than you can possibly imagine. And with that, I want to say much love. God bless you all. To all the lurkers, listeners, and digital soldiers, we'll be back here tomorrow for another edition of Uncensored Dave to bring you the news that you can use. God bless you all. Have a great evening. Hey, wherever you go, tell them Uncensored Dave sent you, will you? Much love. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.